0: Hi, welcome to the Not Your Average Life Coach podcast. My name is Kay Wilson, and I'm a self-empowerment coach and intuitive energy healer, and I am obsessed with helping you step into the most powerful version of yourself. If you are ready to overcome your self-doubt, transform your relationship with love, money, and self-worth, and start creating the future you that you have always dreamed of becoming, you're in the right place. My desire with this podcast is to help you transform the relationship you have with yourself, by sharing with you tools and perspectives that will help you actualize the life you have dreamed of creating. Treat this podcast as your own personal treasure trove of rich ideas, practices and teachings that will transform your day-to-day experience. Joining me is the magnificent Kaz, who as a client of mine has experienced firsthand the effect empowerment energy work and mindset reframing can have on your life.
1: Hi guys, I first came to K a few years ago and at the time i needed to make some serious changes in my life i had just come out of a bad relationship i was managing a business with a team of over 150 people and i needed to make some changes that i didn't have the tools or capacity for working with Kay has been the catalyst i've needed since meeting Kay, my whole world has opened up personally professionally and emotionally I'm now happily married with a new perspective on life and I'm excited to see what she can do for you.
0: So today we're going to look at body shaming which is a super powerful topic. Um I mean I think literally every single woman in civilization <laughs> is affected by body shaming and definitely some men too. It's so deeply endemic in our culture.
1: It's actually quite horrific, to be and aware. right from the time that we're growing up too, I feel like we're conditioned from a very young age. And everyone has a different experience based on what they were absorbing, whether it was media or people surrounding them. But it, it's yeah, it's a yeah. big topic.
0: It's massive, and to yeah, it's good to be really, really clear about you know where this comes from because it's this is an external experience that is ingrained in our mental narrative and absolutely through our upbringing through media marketing movies like it's this constant stream that we are fed as we grow up even as much as you know like my mum would you know give my brother and I different foods and you know and it was just you know, you're the girl, you do this, you're the boy, you have this. And um, it's just really being taught from a very young age that your value and your worth is very intrinsically attached to how you look. Yeah. Um, and objectification, essentially. And, you know, depending on, you know, who your influences are as you grow up, that becomes your your language your conversation with yourself and it's some you know our bodies are there are experience of the world and it's so heartbreaking to me because you know on the one hand we've got this incredible like complex system at our disposal this vessel that we are in that enables us to experience this 3d reality through our five senses and it delight in sunlight and water and touch and uh, everything else that comes with that experience those experiences and yet because of this narrative that has been embedded into our psyches we are so robbed of so much enjoyment because of what we're saying to ourselves about how we look so much of the time.
1: Mm. Um, I remember growing up with women, so full disclosure, I, I, I grew up um, overweight, probably from the age of 13, 12, 13. And when you grow up overweight, I feel like it becomes one of the primary topics of conversation with people. And when that happens you start to feel so much shame um, and people view you more as what you appear rather than who you are. Mm
0: -hmm. And that has
1: such, that had such a lasting impact on me throughout my whole life because, um, you know, people are judging you based on their view of what they would like you to be. And here you are realising, but I'm a good person and there's so much more to me than this body, but that's all anyone. So then all this shame and then the narrative becomes, I must need to fit into that box or what if I don't fit into that box? And that's a really hard road to then get to the point of being comfortable in your own body and in your own skin and not shaming yourself. So I've, I've lost um, a lot of weight Now I'm probably about 35 kilos lighter Mm -hmm. Um, and I still feel like I've got more to go, but it's been a real journey to loving myself and not being just that number on the scale. But I think unfortunately a lot of us look at that number on our scale and determine our value Mm -hmm. from that number. And I, I can't wrap my head around why we're so hard on ourselves based on whatever that number says.
0: It's really remarkable, isn't it? it's, you know, you asked a question before we started this, which I thought was really interesting. And you said, what was the first time or when was the first time that you really, that you remember that your body became, you know, something that you realized could be criticized in that way. And I was at school and I was probably seven years old and I was in the secretary's room, office. And one of the girls in my year who was tiny came in to get measured for a netball skirt. And one of the secretaries got up and put a tape measure around her waist and it was 21 inches. And I remember her so clearly saying, oh, those were the days I won't be, I've not been 21 inches in years. And there I was as a seven-year-old watching this. And the, I remember clear as day thinking to myself, I bet I'm not 21 inches and I'm seven. And realising in that moment, I must be
1: fat. And... Is it because that that girl was being praised?
0: Yes, highly praised, yeah. yeah. And all the women were like laughing in a sort of like, you know, that, oh, I should lose weight kind of way. And, um, and I mean... And the thing is, right, you can't blame, like, I wouldn't blame anyone in that room. They're just, uh, every, every single one of us is a product of our experience, right? And it's actually about really understanding that what happens is due to this consistent conditioning, brainwashing, we, we internalize all these external messages until we make them our own. And then we use our body as a tool of destruction towards ourself. And, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're big or you're really small. Because there are plenty of women that struggle to keep weight on and are also always really upset with being too skinny and not feminine enough and don't have curves or boobs and all of those things. And that's there is no ability to compare pain equally I have seen so many clients I've had beautiful women come and see me as clients and they will sit there and tell me how ugly they feel and believe themselves believe themselves to be and it is mind-blowing to me but it has taught me so clearly that firstly firstly there is no measure of beauty Okay. And secondly, that there is no, that it is rare to find a woman who actually owns herself. And I use the word own because what I have come to realize in my own journey, because I would say that this has probably been the most challenging thing for me to actually overcome, is understanding that I was. taking when it all stopped for me rather was when I finally and suddenly realized that I had I was a product of a system that had hijacked my mind so much so that I was using the words of others against myself and being the puppet of an external force in within my own being made me mad (laughs) and It also really empowered me to change my relationship with my weight, because I've I've never been seriously overweight, but I've always been on the chubbier side of the fence. And there have definitely been times where I've been bigger than I really want to be, for sure. And all this time, I was always, you know, looking for ways to navigate that. And I used to walk past, every time I went to the bathroom, I'd always lift my top and look at my muffin tops or my stomach, like every single time. And it just got to this point where I just suddenly sort of woke up like a couple of years back. And it was like, what are you doing? You know better than this. Like you are bullying yourself. You are critically analyzing yourself continually and yet you walk out of the bathroom and you find so much ability to find love and appreciation for yourself and yet your physicality this was my real stumbling block and it's only been in the last couple of years I have genuinely found acceptance of how I look and yet it was the most powerful wake-up call for me was that deep realization that I had really been brainwashed by something outside of myself that made me angry because it but it also empowered me because I recognized that the only person that is ever going to stop this is me and I'm the one that has to take responsibility for this there is no diet there is no exercise regime there is no process that I can go through that is going to get me to my dream weight because there is no dream weight. I, I can bet my bottom dollar I could lose all the weight I like and then feel a million dollars. Why? Not because I suddenly think I'm amazing, but because everyone outside of me will start to validate me.
1: Yeah. Then
0: I feel amazing.
1: That's that is what happens when you lose weight is that suddenly you feel like people view you as more valuable. Now, I know that that's not the case with a lot of people, but that's just, you just feel that way.
0: And isn't um, it sad? Isn't it sad that we are yeah. constantly, you know, measuring our worthiness
1: through how we look? It is, but it's, it's also, it's not just how we view that ourselves. It's also our friendship circles and the way in which our friends speak about themselves or about others or how clothes look or how someone looks at the beach and when they say do I look fat you know do I look good in this like it's it's a it's constant it's not
0: it's an actual
1: obsession it is
0: so many people and it's actually you know, and so many women are in circles like that, where it's the constant topic of conversation, what you're eating and what you're doing. Um, But before we go to that, I just really wanna quickly talk to a client that pointed out to me that they'd just been to the States and they had observed that there was this growing glorification of oversized people and her deep concern not around obviously people feeling good, which is great. It was more that she felt this was powerfully unhealthy because these people were clearly abusing their bodies on some level because they were so overweight, it was bad for their health. And it, there's, this is technically correct. The interesting thing to me is you look at a catwalk, you've got the same problem, different look. You know, from what I've read from some ex-models, like how they dipped cotton wool in orange juice and would suck on it all day or eat one lettuce leaf or whatever, I, you know, I mean, yeah. And yet, this is just as unhealthy and yet so socially glorified. And it's really, it's such a deeply fascinating and appalling situation that we find ourselves in. And the, the important thing for me to always remember is that what is external is always a reflection of the internal, always. And so what we're seeing outside of somebody is what they're feeling about themselves. And what we are projecting outside of ourselves is how we feel about ourselves. And so it's you know when you see other people and you want to start showing up differently because the decision to show up differently is yours and yours alone okay. and you can carry on bullying yourself and treating yourself badly for as long as you wish to and that is absolutely fine there is no judgment on that other than the judgment you put on yourself but When you have got to a point which every single one of us inevitably will get to, it will be when we decide, I cannot treat myself like this any longer. I just can't. Why? Because it does not feel good. If you go down to the beach, how are you meant to enjoy the feel of the sand through your toes, the breeze through your hair, the water as it strokes and embraces you as you get into it. The spray of the sea, the soft warm glow of the sun on your body. How are you meant to enjoy any of those things if the narrative is consistently, I look fat, I look fat, I can't take my clothes off, or I'm too skinny, I'm too skinny, I'm points and elbows everywhere, I can't take my clothes off. What it does is it consistently robs us of our presence, as in being present in that moment and the delicious experience of our senses which ironically is exactly what our body is for it's this incredibly complex vessel that we have to enjoy the world through that enables us to see the world through these senses and we are robbing ourselves
1: can you be both because i feel like i pivot between the two of what you've described there i go in between of. body shaming myself and being completely present and self-loving and all of the things 100% and
0: it's the the degree to which you drop out of that is the degree to which you're not lining up with yourself still
1: so it's like can you explain what you mean by not lining up with yourself
0: yeah so when you're in alignment with who you are you are really enjoying being you in every single moment in every, in your physicalness, in your mentalness, in your emotionalness, you're completely present because you're just joy, you're just happy. You're really happy of with who you are and how you show up in the world. And you're not worried about how you're received. And that is full alignment with yourself. When you're out of alignment with yourself, which doesn't, it's not a black and white situation. It can be in certain areas. Like I was saying for myself, my relationship with my body has been the longest journey for me to come into alignment with. And, and, you know, when you think about it, this is, this works on every level. Like you can be really confident in your relationship with your partner and yet really insecure at work. And that's just, you know, you're lined up in one place and not in another. And so, yeah, you might be, um, To a certain degree, happy in your body, but then you're put in a certain situation or surrounded by certain people or you put on an extra couple of pounds and then you fall out of alignment. And all it's actually showing you is that you have conditions around which you are prepared to like yourself. Mm. I have to be this certain weight and then I approve of myself or I have to act in a certain way and then I approve of myself or someone has to say or think something about me in order for me to approve of myself so it's It's always
1: external validation Yeah. yeah
0: and and that's what we rely on when we're not in alignment with ourselves because what do we all want to feel good and if we can't feel good within ourselves on our own footing then we're going to seek it elsewhere So I just want to quickly touch on plastic surgery as well um, because I feel there is so much judgment around plastic surgery and I equally don't think that this is fair um, as I don't think looking at really overweight or really underweight or anywhere in the middle, it's not for us to judge. We got to stop with the judgment people. (laughs) You know, it's because it all it's doing is reflecting where we're judging ourselves Mm. and We have to take responsibility for this. We have to take ownership for how we're showing up um, to ourselves and to the people around us. Okay, plastic surgery. I remember the first time a girlfriend of mine said she was going to get her boobs enlarged and I was mortified because to me, this girl was gorgeous. She had a perfect body. She was all the things. And yes, okay, she didn't have a big chest, but I had never really thought about it. And all of a sudden here she was telling me, 22 or three or whatever we were that she wanted to go and get a boob job and I yeah I was re- I was like why are you doing that and I tried to almost convince her out of it and then she turned around and she said okay you know I'm really tired of not feeling sexy I'm really tired of not being able to you know wear certain things and and feel that femininity that I see in other women and at the time I, I it really changed my perspective and I really got it plus two other girls in our group turned around and both said that they'd, they'd had jobs as well that I had never even received of one had had a, a wine you know a red a port wine stain um, birthmark removed from her face okay. and yeah and another girl had had a nose nice job And I was just flabbergasted that all this work had been done. (laughs) But at the same time, I was now suddenly understanding it. Why? Because I had learned about their stories. I had sat with them and felt their discomfort, if you like. And so, of course, them being my friends, I wanted them to feel peace and happiness. So if those were the measures that were needed, then so be it. However, I have always witnessed people judging others for changes that they decide to make to their body. And why this happens is because I think people are very specific about where they choose to empathize with people. And we are so judgmental about our own bodies that someone else doing something to themselves is like a shortcut and we don't do it so why are they allowed to do it I have to put up with my pain why are they allowed the easy way out and this is really this is just very telling of the person that you are and the experience or sorry the relationship that you have with yourself because you're not willing to accept help or you're not willing to do whatever is needed for you to get to a better place with yourself and you're more than willing and happy to judge those around us What I have not yet spoken to is the health of everybody, okay? This is actually the core of all of it. As I said earlier, everything is an external representation of how we truly feel about ourselves. And until we as individuals start to take ownership of how we want to feel inside, the outside isn't really going to change, at least not sustainably. And I think in this rare example, because normally I would always say focus on where you're at, but given the prevalence of this problem, I would also highly recommend each and every single one of us to start looking at our sisters differently and start seeking the beauty in them. Because when we start to seek the beauty in those around us, no matter what they look like, then we will find it easier to seek the beauty in
1: ourselves.
0: Mm. And this, you know, this is a, a reclaiming of our bodies.
1: We talk about the sisterhood of empowering other women and we do that a lot in business and in achievements. But when it comes to body, um, body image—I don't feel like it's there yet. Yes, we have a lot more um, sort of variety, if you like, of images that we're seeing in the media. But I just don't feel like in groups of women we're doing that as we should. No,
0: not at all. It's it's really sad. I feel like there's still so
1: much competition so much i mean and also i i have a lot of friends that say oh do i look fat or um you know lots of body image stuff lots of weight stuff so mm-hmm. then because they're discussing it you feel like you should be thinking about it even if i am thinking about it you're making me feel about it even more and then the cycle just like ravages and then it just keeps going as a train of thought
0: yeah and that's it it's It's really recognizing that it's up to us like as individuals to ask ourselves well okay okay how long do you want to keep doing this to me how long do you want to beat me up every time i go near a mirror how long do you want to you know be really hot in summer because you don't want to wear you know cool clothes because you don't want to show your body off how long are you not gonna allow yourself to go for a swim? How long are you, you know, not gonna go shopping because you're scared to ask for a larger size or you're worried there won't be a size there for you? How long are you gonna consistently tear me apart every moment of every day when I'm out with girlfriends who look better than I think I do? How long, Kay, what's the timeline on this? How long will it be, Kay, until you start to see me differently? until you actually start to choose to love me because that's it right all we're talking about here is time because no one else is going to do this for you no one and so it's literally on what is the time limit on my self-hate and who has control over that well I do And it's not about going from self-hate to self-love in five seconds flat. It's not, unfortunately. I wish it was. The reality is this is a journey. But just in making that decision, you then start to really open up your awareness to how often what you're saying and how profoundly, you know, diminishing what you're doing is. And... Just with awareness alone, you can really start to shift your energy around what you're doing, because you will start to recognize the pain that you're inflicting on yourself. And so in terms of what we can start to do, because I want to start talking about some solutions now that we've talked about, you know, obviously the problems that people face. And, you know, there's two aspects to this in my mind. There's how we start to change the relationship with ourselves as individuals. And then I would really like to invite us to start showing up differently with those around us, you know, as a collective, because I think that this is the only way we're actually going to manage to make a shift. So just working with yourself first. Um, The important thing here is how you start to change the way that you see yourself. So there's a process that I take clients through and it's a mirror based process. And I know the thought of staring at yourself in the mirror is probably horrifying to most of you. And so what I would ask you to do is at least listen to what I'm about to say <laughs> and then <laughs> see if you can do this with a mirror. If you can't, then just do it without one to start with, because you can still see your body. But um, what I generally do is I would get a client to stand really close to a mirror, as Caroline has
1: experienced, I'm pretty sure. It's quite confronting. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and yeah. yeah, super close. So almost like your nose is almost touching the mirror. And the reason I want People, someone to stand so close is because the first place I want them to look is into their eyes, into their irises. If you have a mirror handy now, I would love for you to do this with me. But standing really, really close so your nose is almost touching the mirror and looking deeply into your eyes and taking a moment to fully appreciate the incredible, Patterns and filaments of color that you can see in your irises. I mean, they are planets all of themselves, and they are stunningly intricate and beautiful. And then on top of that, the realization that you are able to take the world in through these two small little spheres in your head. These small spheres. Enable you to take in color, to take in light, to take in every single view you've ever enjoyed, every single loved one that you've ever had in your life, every beautiful pet, every incredible film or show you've ever seen. They've allowed you to see different countries. They've allowed you to absorb the communication that you're witnessing from the people around you all the time. Your eyes are so powerful and they are working for you all the time just you every single moment of every day with love and then I ask them to look at their nose in the middle of their face which is triggering for a lot of people and I ask them to think about every single scent every single rose they've ever smelt every single home-cooked dinner, every single restaurant, every single perfume, the smell of the ocean, the smell of a new country, the new body, their baby, every beautiful smell they've ever experienced, as well as anything that they've been warned from because of their nose, the smell of gas or fire, and the fact that it enables them to breathe, to take in life, to be present in the world. All of this through this vessel in the middle of your face, which again, works for you and only you, every waking moment of or, and sleeping moment of your life. I then ask them to go to their mouth and think about every single meal they've ever eaten, every single word they've ever spoken, every laugh they've ever laughed, every song they've ever sung, And I invite you to see your mouth as such a gift and every flavor and texture you've ever enjoyed. Your ears, every song, every bird song, every laughter from a child, every experience you've had through your ears, you get the gist. Looking at yourself through the experiences that your body offers you starts to give you a new and profound appreciation of what your body can mean to you and it starts to slowly enable you to let go of this real attachment that you might have to judgment of yourself The judgment that you have of yourself is born of past experiences and the beliefs of others that have hijacked and brainwashed you into believing things about you that cause you great pain. It's up to you and you have choice and choice is powerful. So really looking at your body from a space of service is my number one invitation. Because once you start to do that, hopefully it will start to give you a bit more perspective and support in that regard. Um, Also, I would like to invite you to accept yourself and not necessarily how you look I mean obviously how you look but I know that that's a really big ask up front so what I would like you to do is as you're becoming increasingly aware of how you're treating yourself right now around your body and how you look I just want you to accept it I look fat I accept I look fat I accept I don't like the way I look I accept that I feel overweight. I accept that I feel underweight. I accept that I never put weight on, that I'm always really skinny, that clothes hang off me. I accept that I don't feel feminine. I invite you to accept all the narrative that is displeasing to you. Because when we start to do this, we start to, we we are no longer fighting with ourselves. We are just simply accepting ourselves and we're accepting the parts of ourselves that we don't like.
1: Because when Um, we're fighting ourselves, it's so mentally exhausting. It's so draining. Yeah, because, you know, I'm fat. I should do more
0: of this. I should do more of that rather than I feel fat and I accept I feel fat. That's quite like, then it just goes quiet. But if it's I have to fight this, I'm fat, so I have to do X, Y, Z, da, 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 da. There's still an ongoing bully in there
1: having it. You, a- you go into fight or flight mode because mm. then you're like, how do I solve this? And in order to solve this, I'll therefore feel this way. And if I feel this way, that, and then it, the thought just goes, and I, I'm guilty of it, you know, you think, oh, I should exercise. and If I exercise, I'll get to this. And if I get to this, I'll feel like this. And then if I feel like this, I'll be able to enjoy the following.
0: It's just complete disappointment. It's entrapment. a yeah. it's- it's entrapment and it's just so destructive and i i can't repeat enough it's a choice Um, and so starting with acceptance and then also looking at how you can start to change your vocabulary around yourself especially if you've been calling yourself names calling yourself names needs to stop simple as that These are names you've probably heard others people use. These are names, these are not your names. This is not you, 100% this is not you. You weren't born this way, you've been taught this. So when you're ready, give yourself permission to change this. The next thing I would also like you to consider is how shame might be affecting you. See, shame is really interesting to me. Shame is a really icky, horrible, yucky feeling. And you know, I'm always coming from the perspective of how things work for me. You know, bad things or seemingly bad things, they force me to change direction. They force me to rethink myself. They force me to back myself in some circumstances and keep going. They constantly invite me to show up powerfully if I decide to see them that way or they can be the beginning of the doom the beginning of the end the cul-de-sac you near know, the end of the road so it's actually really important to start recognizing what you want your intention to be with yourself Everything that you've experienced so far has been unpleasant potentially but in every single step of that journey you've got clearer and clearer on what you don't want, on how you don't want to be, what is painful to you and so the flip side of that is that hopefully you're getting clearer and clearer on what you do want and you know what maybe you do want to start showing up for yourself differently with how you eat or what you do and And there's nothing wrong with taking proactive action that is going to support the way that you feel inside. Getting healthy is always gonna work for you, but do it from a place of getting healthy, not getting more validation from the people around you. And so it's really consistently about you taking ownership of how you want to feel. Shame, to me is a signal that there is a part of you that feels you can be different in some way. Shame is not this, doesn't have to be this end of the road. It is simply a part of you that says there is a choice. There is a part of you that wants to show up differently in this situation. Shame doesn't have to be the thing that keeps you small.
1: It can be the thing that helps you find the courage to become you. I hadn't thought about it in that way. The other one I think as well is um, as in a group of friends, women weaponizing um, mm. other women by, with body shaming and the way in which we have conversations with the women around us.
0: Yeah. So there's nothing you can do. If someone, if a girlfriend is, I'm fat in this or, you know, is seeking out some sort of validation from you, you can gift them that. You can say to them, you're beautiful, but it doesn't simply need to be about their weight. You can say to them, I think you're beautiful. I always thought you were beautiful from the inside out, you know. But don't take it upon yourself to convince somebody else they're beautiful. That's that's why rob them of the journey of their own self-empowerment. Yeah. You know, and if you're surrounded by women that use words against other women to control and make themselves feel better by diminishing those around them, maybe have a think about what you want your friendship circle to look like. Because the chances are that you being around that space probably doesn't feel good to you. Or if it does feel good to you, is it for the right reasons? Are you diminishing others to help yourself feel better? And if that's the case, is that the person that you wish to be?
1: Mm.
0: So it calls for real integrity, actually. You know, the, the constant, the question I don't think you can ever ask yourself enough is, who is the person that I wish to be? Because if that's the question that you ask yourself the most, the person that you will inevitably become will be the best version of yourself. Um, So the one final thing I would like to to talk about is, is how we can help each other as a collective. And I really powerfully think, you know, this is all about us reclaiming ourselves, reclaiming our bodies from this cultural brainwashing and reclaiming ourselves so powerfully that we allow the women around us to see how it's done
1: yeah you know yeah
0: it's really important that each of us as women just starts deciding we're enough
1: mm. you know, and it's, I- it's so true because if you see another woman and she's like i'm you know whatever i'm curvy and i love myself mm. you're like yes i love myself too yeah
0: actually,
1: empowering. I think I spoke this about this last week on the judgment podcast but I wish there were more women or and men growing up that celebrated your your differences mm. so if I have a young girl or boy who says my nose isn't nice or my teeth aren't straight or my you know I no, no, no. Or if they pick at me for those things, I say, I love this about myself
0: Mm -hmm. because I'm
1: trying to teach them what I didn't have growing up, which was someone saying that how you are is okay. And it's okay to be a little bit different than everyone else.
0: That's it. That's it. The only way we're going to change this energy is if we as individuals decide to change it and back each other up.
1: (laughs) Is it also in what, The what we're viewing in the media, on Instagram, on... Oh, yeah, Instagram is massive for this. I've I've got to admit I'm pretty close to unfollowing all of... Like my Instagram used to be I would follow my friends and they would follow me and I'd share pockets of my life and I enjoyed doing that. Recently I've started deleting people that I wouldn't have around my dinner table and trying to unfollow brands or the cool kids or whatever and saying what they're wearing and what they're doing and their lifestyle. So, okay, this is a really good thing to talk about because uh, there's nothing wrong
0: with Instagram on the face of it, right?
1: The only
0: thing that trips us up is how we choose to interact with it. Yes. Okay, so Instagram or Facebook or whatever social media you want to be on can either be this continual role of people that have what you want, In which case it's just going to inspire envy and self-dissatisfaction and not enoughness. Or it can be a role of people who are holding space for you, telling you this is attainable if you wish to choose it. Mm. It can be empowering and inspiring. But I would be really clear with myself on where I sit on that fence before I expose myself to it. Yeah. because if i am consistently envying another woman's figure i'm not doing myself any favors so maybe i need to maybe i listen to this podcast and i'm like you know what i'm going to reclaim my body i am going to retrain my mind i am no longer going to be a puppet of a system that is frankly doesn't know what it's doing so I'm going to step off social media because I know right now I am sensitive to that. And I'm going to give that friendship circle a bit of a miss because I know that they're really into body image. I'm going to give myself the opportunity to start to work on my relationship with myself. And once I feel more confident in how I feel and how I'm showing up, then I will tentatively start to expand back into different places and different people and really support myself in that journey you know we've talked about this many times Kat many times cats. you know are you coming at something from a place of love or a place of fear and this is no different it's really understanding what your driving motivation is and if it's coming from a place that you are still attacking yourself or envying others the energy that you're putting out to others is not good and the energy that you're therefore going to get back is not going to feel good either remember everything you put out energetically comes back to you law of cause and effect so it's really important to be very clear on how you feel when you're doing these things which is why if you can shift your focus to i'm going to reclaim my relationship with myself and in the process i'm going to seek to see the people around me through the same eyes from the eyes of independence we are not just limited to what we look like please do me a favor we are so much more powerful so much more interesting so much more creative so much all of the things that it is diminishing to do that on so many levels
1: I see it a lot with um, friends that have gone through motherhood I've not had a child so Mm. i I can't speak personally to the change that they have in their body, but I find it such a shame that um, you've created this beautiful life. And instead of enjoying that, we just punish ourselves for not being the way that we wanted our body to be, whatever that might be, like at the start.
0: Yeah. On
1: weight in order to have a child or whatever it is.
0: This is so true. And yeah, it's just, it's simply another example of how we want to show up for ourselves. What's the story we want to tell ourselves? Also recognizing that, you know, our story is going to influence our children's story. You know, the one thing my mum was always overweight, but she also powerfully didn't give a shit. (laughs) I remember growing up that mum was always really confident in her body even though she was really overweight. And actually, this was a really powerful thing for me to experience because it really, I actually didn't, even though I definitely received messages about weight and I did worry about my weight, it was nowhere near what it could have been had my mum been really worried about it too. In fact, she was just this constant example of a woman that, just did what she wanted to do. And I actually talked to her about this about a year or so ago. And she just said, you know, Kay, I realized how unhappy I was in my mind when I consistently judged myself. So I just decided not to. (laughs) I mean, that's very my mom. She's
1: so strong. That's amazing.
0: Yeah. And yeah, you know, I know that she's had image like self things about her weight, but her example to me was to just do you and enjoy your life. Don't allow your relationship with your body to be the control, the dominating factor about how you relate to life. Mm. So, yeah, it's really worthwhile, you know, being aware of how we're showing up for our nieces, our nephews, our children, our cousins or whatever that looks like, because we are that example. And it's, it's really important that we reclaim ourselves and we show up in that space.
1: What would you say about eating disorders, Kay? I think it's often tied to body shaming, obviously, but um, any insight into the world of eating disorders, whether it be anorexia or bulimia?
0: Yeah, um, well, I mean, I can only speak to what I've seen with my clients and the clients that I've worked with who've had eating disorders, it has predominantly been around needing control and it's been a mechanism for them to do that to feel like they're in control where the you know for various reasons in their life at that period of time they did not feel in control um it is you know it is using your body as a tool of self-destruction taken to a whole new level but it still relates back to the same thing which is this narrative that we want to perpetuate inside ourselves um you know people with who suffer from eating disorders it's, it's self-harming okay and then you have people who do self-harm too and with self-harm I have seen it, it's a cry for help you know and as is eating disorders as well and control I mean that control and crying for help very interwoven with all of these things um so they're, it's complex. They're complex areas, um, and I would say they are ex- basically the extreme end of body shaming, taken to a new level, um, but also incredibly prevalent. and And this is actually why starting to see your sisters through a more positive uh, perspective, and and really, you know, have conversations. Shame can be such a silencer. Mm. And you know, silence is so destructive. You know, one of the most beautiful things about female energy in particular is its ability to express itself. And I think as women, we we need to start talking about this because I have the really fortunate position of talking to women, you know, from a very personal perspective. And that's how I've learned that how prevalent this is and that it affects all of us it doesn't you know these assumptions that she's beautiful she doesn't have any issues is bullshit every every woman on some level has had this experience and continues to potentially the more that we talk to each other about it the better off we will all be and i find that you know overcoming silences around pain is a really important thing to do but also being very aware that being very discerning about who you talk to about yourself, because I, I want you to be very aware that the way that you feel about yourself is the most valid perspective there is. Don't take on the perspectives of others. It's one thing to turn around to your group of women and say, you know, I'm really tired of judging other women because I'm really tired of judging myself. That's a really great conversation to have. It's a very different thing to turn around to somebody that, you know, is close to you potentially and say, Oh, I've got an eating disorder. And then, then weigh in on why you should or shouldn't be doing that. So Know just be really discerning about, and when I say discerning, just really sit with how you want to show up in this space for you and just come at it from a place of whatever feels the easiest is probably the best way. When we're listening to our heart, your heart will always come from the softest, easiest, kindest place, your mind will always overcomplicate if you're saying, I have to, I must, and I should is coming from an ego space. If you're saying, this feels really good to me, oh, this, I, I feel light around this, or I feel inspired about this, that's coming from your heart. So yeah, just be discerning, but if you can start the conversation off with your group of friends from a perspective of, you know what girls, I'm sick of this, like this is rubbish. And I, or looking around the beach and just going, she's a goddess, she's a goddess, and she's a goddess, and doing it in front of your girlfriends, brilliant you know that is us reclaiming ourselves for ourselves and there's nothing more empowering
1: yeah thank you
0: my pleasure thank you for your great questions and perspectives um so as ever we would love to hear your thoughts and your feelings and also any ideas that you might have for future topics um if you want to get in contact the email is hello at kwilson.love and please uh, leave a review it would be fantastic to get your appreciation through whatever um, channel you're listening to and we look forward to seeing you or listening or having you here with us on the next podcast enjoy and see you soon guys thank you Bye.